This is the Nippon Taikyu Cosmopolitan, Japanese endurance racing covered by an American. Jensen Button, motorsport legend and phenom, F1 world champion in 2009. He retired from F1 at the end of 2016 and two years later won a GT500 title in his rookie year with Team Kunimitsu. So just how good was that 2018 title winning season for him and what helped him achieve a feat that hasn't been achieved since 2005? In 2016, Jensen Button retired from F1 with McLaren after a 16-year career starting in 2000 with the BMW Williams team. He bounced around for a while and later ended up at the factory Honda team. In 2009, Ross Braun bought the Honda team when they went bankrupt and took a one-off team to the title for the only time in F1 history. He beat teammates in the future, including legend Lewis Hamilton once, while teammates for three years at McLaren, and finished below him by only two points in the 2012 season as teammates at McLaren. But in his final year in 2016, he only finished 15th with the struggling McLaren with their Honda partnership, which, if you know, did not go very well. They had high expectations, but with a lack of communication and realistic goals between the engine partner and the team, they failed to really do anything. His teammate was also a legend, Fernando Alonso. The team only finished 6th in the Constructors out of 11 teams. In 2017, during his retirement, he did actually compete in two races during his final year in F1. So while Fernando Alonso was trying to become the second ever driver to achieve the Triple Crown of Motorsports, he did already achieve, at the time, the Monaco Grand Prix win and winning the 24 Hours of Le Mans twice. He was trying to go for the final one, the Indy 500. That coincided, though, with the Monaco Grand Prix. So they needed a reserve driver to fill in for one race, and they picked Jensen Button. Sadly for him, though, he did DNF, though. After starting P9 on the grid, he rammed right into the back of the Sauber driver, Pascal Werlein. But his second race, and of course, his first taste of Super GT, was round six at the 1,000 kilometers of Suzuka, now known as the 10 Hours of Suzuka. He was paired in the number 16 team Mugen with Daisuke Nakajima and Hideki Muto. The team had a bad race the whole time when they did show promise all week. Sadly for them, they finished second to last in GT500 ahead of the number one car. But Jensen Button did say he wanted to return to racing and he was deciding between a series in the U.S., or continuing in Super GT. And later that year, in December, he announced that he would be pairing full-time with Team Kunimitsu 
in GT500 with his teammate, Naoki Yamamoto. As we now know, he did win that 2018 title with Naoki Yamamoto, but there were a few key aspects which really helped him achieve that feat. First was the team. Team Kunimitsu is a solid GT team all around and actually has some past success, even failing though to win the Super GT title before 2018. They started out in GTCC in 1992 during the early days of Japanese endurance racing where they were trying to beat the competitions in the US and Europe. Three years later, their biggest achievement, probably up to date now, even with their two GT500 titles, is winning the 24 Hours of Le Mans in the GT2 class in 1995 with the Honda NSX, and that was the beginning of a long-running partnership that continues today with Honda. They have been a big fan of the car, they said, and maintain a really, really close relationship with them to this day. They used to run the Porsche 911 RSR, but after 1996, they started to run that NSX to this day. They never really had big su success though in JGTC, though with the highest finish, a P6 in GT500 before it became Super GT. But now, Kunimitsu is a two-time GT500 champion and of course 2018 and then most recent 2020 they've had four other top three place finishes in the championship back in 2006 2015 and recently 2021 and this past season in 2022 Kunimitsu though was in a drought they have back-to-back -back seasons finishing outside the top five in the championship so they really needed a good driver and a good team around them to really go back to the top. You couldn't get a much better team than Kunimitsu's for Jensen's first year in 2018. Jensen has a lot of experience with Honda and Honda machinery. As I said earlier, he did run with the factory Honda team for two years when they were bought from BAR. Nine of his 16 seasons, he ran Honda engines, so he has that experience with Honda machinery, but also some of the team personnel. So even though he could have headed to a team like Arta, Kunimitsu was still a good choice for his first year in the series. But the team isn't everything, you're only as strong as your weakest link, and when Jensen himself is the weakest link, you know this team was set out to do good things in 2018. Naoki Yamamoto, his teammate, is now a two-time Super GT champion in GT500 in 2018, of course, and then in 2020. He's been with the team for ages now and doesn't show any signs of leaving. He's a three-time Super Formula champion in 2013, 2018, and 2020. He is also a platinum rated driver the top rating for drivers around the world graded by the FIA with great drivers like Lewis Hamilton Kevin Estra Elio Castroneves and other top class drivers from around the world Naoki 
is only one of 182 drivers in the world to be rated a platinum driver. So he was a top teammate for Jensen who could help carry this team back to the top. During karting, he won two regional titles in Japan and even joined the Honda Formula Dream project, which was a program that helped very talented young drivers try and chase a career in Formula One with at least some financial support from Honda, who had that team at the time. He had a very, very strong junior career, winning Japanese Formula 3 in 2009 and only ever spending three years in cars before making it to Super Formula and Super GT. Every single one of those seasons, he finished championships twice on the podium and only a lowest finish of P5. He also ran an FP1 session with the Toro Rosso Honda team at Suzuka, completing the most drivers out of any other drivers. In endurance racing, you aren't a one-driver team. As you know, the races are longer. You can't go the full distance like an hour and a half, like in other more quote-unquote sprint series. You can't carry a team on your own. And when you have two solid drivers like Jensen Button and Naoki Yamamoto, you know that this team was set out to be a strong team on the grid. We cannot mention Jensen without talking about his very unique and popular driving style. Jensen's driving style is very well known, and multiple videos have been made about it. His driving style is split up into multiple parts, which really helped him in GT500. First was his smoothness. A lot of drivers these days throw the car into corners and fix the car as it's going through the corner. They try and carry as much speed as they can, adjusting the car so they don't overdrive it. This is quick for a lot of people. But Jensen is a very common driving style from drivers from the 90s and before that, where it made it look like you were going on a Sunday drive. It consisted of following the geometric racing line, which isn't always considered the quickest, but for Jensen, he was able to make it work. The geometric racing line is the highest point on a corner, and it's about hitting that apex at the top part of the corner. This can be converted into extremely consistent lap times, a reduced lack of mistakes, but also can help you improve tire wear. But you can be really slow if you haven't mastered this, and good for Jensen because he did, and he won titles and got top results in different cars with this driving style. Many commentators always said he looked like he was going for a Sunday drive, with even journalist Mark Hughes saying in 2019, quote, Button has a fantastic feel for how much momentum can be taken into a corner, and this allows him to be minimal in his inputs. His steering and throttle movements in particular tend to be graceful and beautifully co-oriented. End quote. This is a perfect summary of his style and how it's unique with modern drivers. The other part, though, was his driving in the rain, which was a mix of his style and preferring a setup with understeer, uncommon also for drivers today. 
in Super GT, you know at the beginning of the year, we have a lot of rain. It's rainy season, and the, the weather can be unpredictable. And guess what? Jensen is one of the best drivers in unpredictable conditions. He can feel the tires. He knows when the perfect time is to switch between wets and dries and vice versa. He knows when the tires are running down. He knows what the grip limit is. And this really is going to help him in 2018. As this could help the team adjust their strategy and gain some seconds on pit stops. That was probably the biggest help for him though in winning that Super GT title. Getting that good start at the beginning of the season. And of course his smooth driving style helped him conserve the tires and stay consistent so he could help Naoki Yamamoto and Team Kunimitsu win the title. If you want an in-depth video though about his driving style, elaborating on what I've been talking about, I recommend watching the video on Jensen Button by the channel Driver61, which is covered by a driver coach. I will put the link in the description of the podcast so go watch that after you're done if you want to know more about Jensen's driving style. With some good key foundations for Jensen, it was time to get the season underway in 2018. The 2018 field, though, in GT500 was very strong with big names that included Formula E champions, former F1 drivers, IMSA and World Endurance champions, Nürburgring 24 winners and Japanese drivers along with amazing junior careers starting their Super GT careers along with of course veterans like Naoki Yamamoto and Tomoki Nojiri with multiple titles under their name in different categories including Super GT. Even though there were five teams that could win that title, the top three though are the ones I'm going to be covering most, but of course mainly focusing on that number 100 Team Kunimitsu car. The other two though that finished second and third in the championship, there was the number 8 Arta NSX and the number 1 Tom's Lexus LC500. It was the main rivals for them in the championship. Round 1 Okoyama 300 kilometers qualifying was absolutely crazy changing conditions and the time you leave the pits basically determined where you were going to start on the grid button and yamamoto were able to start p5 but with a mixed up grid anybody could really win this race lucky for them the number one failed to get into the second part of qualifying it started p9 that inconsistent weather continued into the race, and Jensen, of course, was key in moving up the grid during the changeable conditions. In the end, the squad finished P2 ahead both their rivals to get a great foundation for the season. On to round two, Fuji 500 kilometers. Fuji was a poor race for the Kunimitsu squad. They only started P9, but failed to make a difference. In the end, they ended up right back where they started, but it was early in the year, and Jensen was showing that he was adapting to the car very quickly. The number one, though, started two places ahead, and the number eight started right in between the two. 
Lucky for the Kunimitsu squad, though, their rivals also didn't move anywhere and finished where they qualified, so that gap stayed down. Next, biggest race of the year, Suzuka, where the most consistent driver lineup in Naoki Yamamoto and Jensen Button continued their mistake-free championship. They qualified for a season-best P2 with great form by all NSX's top three were all Honda NSX, while Toyota and Lexus both struggled compared to past seasons where they were projected to be at the top. Except, sadly for them, the number one, which hoped to finish ahead of their rivals starting in P4. They hoped to have a shot finishing ahead of their rivals, but they failed to make up ground and instead fell behind. Even though Jensen had a terrible start, having to immediately defend his position as Tomoki Nojiri ran away into the distance after starting pole, the number 100 put pressure on the number 8 all race from start to finish, but just didn't have that little extra pace to take the wins away from rivals Nojiri and Awasa. Over in Thailand at the Chang International Circuit was round 4 of the Super GT Championship, and it was completely disappointing for all the top three finishers in the championship. Both the Kunimitsu and Arta failed to finish in the points, with the Arta even having to retire from the race. But with a P8, Toms did what they needed to get a net gain for the weekend on their rivals. Halfway through the year, and with round four of eight completed, the Kunimitsu was sitting on 32 points, Tom's 3 points back on 29, and Arta were really only staying close behind because of their win at Suzuka, and they were on 23 points. At the time, Arta was outside a few other teams that were able to maintain consistent points finishes, unlike that Arta who really only had that win which got him that 20 of their 23 points. Jensen really got adjusted to the car at the halfway point of the year, and with Okoyama, he showed why he's the goat of unpredictable and ever-changing weather, and was quickly adjusting to multi-class racing, having to quickly and safely pass those GT300s. Team Kunibitsu had a solid result at Fuji, picking up a P5 and getting some points, but they finished, though, behind both the number 8 and the number 1. On to the next round, and this is really where Jensen showed what he can do in Super GT, and Naoki Yamamoto was really on top form during this time. And it was the 25th year in a row that Super GT has had a round at Sugo, and Nick Cassidy and Ryo Hirakawa in the number 1, Toms led the championship by seven points. They were becoming the first team since the 2014-15 season to become back-to-back GT500 champions if they could hold up, but Jensen Button and Naoki Yamamoto weren't going to give up without a fight, and they started the race on pole and held on to take their first win of the season, really increasing that pace for the team and showing that they were there to stay. They could fight for their first title. The number 8 finished P2 
right behind doing what they could to keep themselves nearby, but the number one finished outside the points in P14 with a terrible race filled with bad luck and just mistakes on their end. We head into the second to last round, and the number one was hoping to make a comeback after failing to score points at Sugo. It didn't start great for them as they started P5, the number 8 though started on pole for the 11th billionth time that season. And with less success ballast than their rivals, they had a great shot for the win. Jensen Bunn started P3 for Kunimitsu and had that shot to challenge for the win, but had close to 23 extra kilograms over that number 1. Dry race from start to finish, the top 4 ended with all Lexuses, including that number one who took the win to recover from their lack of points the race before. Jensen and crew dropped to P4, but were lucky to stay close to their rivals heading into the final round at Twin Ring Motegi. Motegi has always been a great race with unpredictable weather and a fast and flowing nature that has always rounded out the season for the longest time. The weekend didn't start off great for the number 100, after setting the track record actually in Q1 with the fastest lap in track history, Domoki Nojiri, who was driving that Arta, beat Jensen's lap time in Q2 to beat him out, and it was pole position for that Arta, with Jensen right behind. Jensen and crew still had a shot in a winners-take-all situation starting right alongside the Arta, while Nick Cassidy and Ryo Hirakawa were going to have to fight up the grid to have a chance at back-to-back -back titles starting P6. The Arta at the time was actually sitting in P4, 17 points behind the lead, and needed a win to even have a shot at the title. But we had a great race with the number one and Team Kunimitsu tied on 67 points, and Kunimitsu had a real shot at taking the title as they were starting in that P2 position. No success ballast for that last round, so it was down to which manufacturer and car could come out on top. The number eight did all they could, running away with the race win, but they couldn't clinch the title. So it came down to the Tom's number one and Team Kunimitsu. The number one did everything they could and were able to move up into P4. Sadly, Jensen and the rest of the Kunimitsu gang lost their P2 and dropped to P3. With 15 laps to go, it was the most entertaining end to a Super GT season. It was a title fight between the number 100 and the number one with a 2 second gap. Traffic played a major role in this race as the GT300 class seemed to be very close together even with no success ballast. So it really came down to who could get by traffic the quickest and it was the biggest factor on who would take the title. Thing is both the cars really got by traffic at around the same pace and it kind of had similar pace throughout. They both stayed between 1 to 2 seconds together, and both cars didn't falter when it came to traffic with no mistakes or slowdowns in traffic. But in the end, 
Jensen Button held on to his P3 by 1.5 seconds to take the Super GT GT500 title with Naoki Yamamoto for the team's first ever title and the first time since 2005 that a rookie won the GT500 title with Torasuka Takagi, also a former F1 driver, to win a title in his first year. He also helped Honda end their GT500 drought, being the first Honda-run team since 2011 to win the GT500 title. Jensen, after the race, said this was just as big as his Formula 1 World Championship in 2009 with a close title fight that came down to the last lap. Jensen continued in the series for one more year with Naoki Yamamoto and ended the season though with a disappointing P8. He left the series after 2019 and went on to start in different series and starting his own GT3 team and a new Extreme E team. And that was the end on his short but strong Super GT career in the GT500 category. Even though it was a new category of racing for Jensen Button, the mix of his unique driving style plus a good team around him and a top-class teammate, they were able to pull off a rare feat that hasn't been achieved in 13 years at the time of asking. And that's the end of the Nippon Taiku Cosmopolitan. If you like this, make sure you like the episode and listen to the rest of the episodes if you found this enjoyable. If not, I will see you all next week. Goodbye.